God, we just thank you for that freedom, Lord, that we have in, Lord, in our Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I just pray that we'll continue to look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. And God, that you will continue to make us something into something new. Lord, I just pray as we hear a moment, as we hear a word from our pastor, Lord, that you speak to our hearts and into our lives. And we give you honor and glory for it. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Would you give the band a hand for a great job? Well, good morning. Oh, bad, bad, bad. Y'all depressed from last week's depression sermon? Good morning. All right. Well, it is great to have you here with us today. Those who are watching, listening online, we thank you for joining us too. I'm going to sit down for another week or two as I recruit from this shoulder injury. Someone asked me last week, why do you got to sit when it's not your legs, it's your arm? They just don't understand my pain. Amen. Right. Do you remember the name Simone Biles? You recognize that name? She is probably are arguably one of the greatest gymnasts in American history. And on July the 20th, 2020, in the Tokyo Olympic Games, she did one of her exercises, the performances, landed her vault, and one of her coaches or trainers came over to her and she announced she was pulling out a competition. Well, the natural thought was that she had strained a muscle, that she had injured herself, but that wasn't it. She said she pulled out because of crushing anxiety, crushing anxiety. We're talking about anxiety this morning. By definition, I hope you take notes, and if you are, write this down. Anxiety is, is to be heavy with cares when you're anxious. People who are struggling with anxiety, it's a distress and an uneasiness of your mind. It's worry. It's fear. It's apprehension on steroids. A lot of times you don't have any idea where it's coming from. Psychologists define several different types of anxiety. One is social anxiety, just being around other people. It's tough. Performance anxiety whether that's in sports or public speaking. Did you know the two greatest fears people have are of dying and of public speaking? And that's the order. People would rather die than speak in public. It's interesting. Generalized anxiety. I'm convinced doctors tell you you have general anxiety when they just can't figure out what it is. So they just said, you're just nervous. You've got general anxiety. Or panic anxiety, which is often associated, obviously, with panic attacks, a tough thing. The number one mental health issue in the United States is anxiety. We're in Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12. If you have a Bible, if you don't, the scriptures will be on the screens. We're in a series titled Navigating Our Crazy World. We look at depression last week. We're going to look at suicide next week. I really encourage you to come. Hopefully we can have a a great word from God that will help us as we help others in ourselves with that subject. We're going to talk about anxiety today. And I, I want to begin with this. Anxiety can hit anyone. In verse 22, it says, And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be stressed. Don't be overcome and overwhelmed. Overthink. Don't be apprehensive about your life. These disciples, these are men. These are tough guys. These are godly people. 
There's a myth about anxiety. I mentioned this with the depression that the only people that get anxiety are weak men and women. And that's just absolutely not true at all. That is not true at all. In fact, I would say the only person that's not susceptible to anxiety is a liar or someone who's just so narcissistic that, that the world revolves around them and they're not going to be depressed or anxious about anything. And I would just tell you again this morning that you may be here today and you say, well, this doesn't really apply to me. I'm great. I don't have anxiety issues. You, you may have anxiety issues in six months and you certainly know someone that is struggling with this because it's such a problem time magazine 2019 this is before the pandemic hit had an article titled our kids are not all right it was about teenagers and how anxiety is ripping through our young people the number one reason college students go to seek mental health counseling and mental health help is anxiety. 2021, February 2021, the New York Times had a front page article about how anxiety is wrecking working moms, especially since the pandemic. And since the pandemic, new moms, moms who've just had kids since the pandemic, anxiety has tripled among that age group and, and among that group. I want to share with you a couple of people, you're going to recognize these faces and names, Kim Kardashian. I don't know what she's famous for, famous for being famous, but she's famous, isn't she? She's pretty and she's real rich and she struggles deeply with anxiety. Jennifer Lopez recently got remarried. She's pretty, she's very successful and she struggles deeply with anxiety. The Rock, who knows The Rock? When I look in the mirror, that's who I see. <laughs> that's offensive, you weren't supposed to laugh at that. I just have more hair than he does, right? Hey, this dude, this dude could beat up Josh and me together with one hand. Right, Josh? <laughs> Thank you for blowing that illustration. <laughs> Struggles with anxiety. And Michael Phelps, the most decorated Olympic athlete of all time has chronicled his struggle with anxiety and depression. So it can hit any of us and all of us. One way I can define depression and anxiety being different is that depression, you just feel like you don't want to be around anybody. Anxiety, you feel like you can't be around anybody. It's crippling. So I want, before we dive head first into the Luke 12, I want to share with you some wise things you can do about your anxiety. These are biblical things, I believe, but they're wise things that you can do about it. It's, it's interesting, our English word anxious comes from a Greek word, anike. And Aneke was the Greek god of slavery. And a slave is someone who's controlled or owned or dominated by someone else. That's what anxiety does. Anxiety and worry literally means to choke or to strangle or to press. And, and you know, folks, people go to the emergency room, I, I would guess even in town the size of Ruston, weekly, if not multiple times a week, for chest pains that they think is a heart attack. It may be, but oftentimes what they found out is it's anxiety anxiety. It's anxiety because it presses on us and presses on our heart. We need to deal with it. We need to get on top of it. So let me give you three things here. One, go to the doctor. Go to your doctor. I used this verse last week, James chapter 1 verse 17. It says, for every good and perfect gift is from above. Your doctor is a gift from God. 
Medicine is a gift from God. Some of your anxiety is related to your, your chemistry, your genetic predisposition, and that medicine can help you. Paul was a, would you agree the apostle Paul was a great Christian? God used him to write 13 books of the New Testament. We are still in, we'll be influenced by him until Jesus comes back. That's his influence. He traveled with a guy named Luke, who God used to write this book. Luke wrote Luke and Acts. Luke was, you know what Luke did for a living? He was a doctor. No doubt he was meticulous in what he wrote down and what he copied and what he remembered, but he was a doctor. And Paul had physical problems that he prayed about and he sought help from God. But I believe he had Paul with him because Paul was a doctor. Go see your doctor. Go to counseling. Go to counseling. We have on our staff Brandon Ramsey, who is a licensed professional counselor and also a Christian. And I might kick anybody, but I, I, we, I would encourage you to go to a Christian who is a counselor. Because I love psychology, but some psychology can go cuckoo. It can, it can go out there. I go see a counselor because I feel like I'm going cray-cray, and the, and the counselor leads me cray-cray. That's not helpful. And so you need biblical boundaries. 58 times in the New Testament, it uses the term to one another. Pray for one another, serve one another, help one another. One thing a counselor is it's a one another helping you. Go to counseling. Here's a third thing that's easy to miss, do all you can about your problem. Do all you can about your situation. When I was a young pastor, and I, I would de deal with all the people who would come up to the church needing help, needed money, needed food, and oftentimes I would see someone come up to the church wanting food for them and their family, and they were smoking while they were talking to me. Now, I grew up in an era where a lot of people smoke. I'm not anti, you know, smoking's the worst thing in the world person, preacher. But now that I thought about it, I should have said, put this stinking cigarette out and, and go buy some food instead of some smokes, right? And not, not everybody can do this physically or mentally, but if you can work, the best way to get food is to do what? W-O-R-K. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, God said this to a group of people, if you don't work, you don't eat. Do what you can. Now, students, listen to me. Y'all go back to sleep in just a second. Let me tell you how not to worry about your test, okay? Number one, listen in class, at least occasionally. Study hard. Do your best. And when you go to take a test, now, I'm telling you the truth. If you have really studied and you've done your best, you don't have to worry, honestly. And if your very best is a C, and mom and daddy are mad, just blame it on God at that point. <laughs> Many of you, your best is going to be an A or a B. You don't need to worry. Hey, whatever it is, if you've done your best, you don't need to worry. Now, if you haven't studied at all, listen to me. Don't worry. You deserve to fail it. You deserve to be grounded. You deserve to repeat seventh grade next year. If you haven't studied, don't worry, right? No reason to worry. You don't, you don't deserve to pass. Here's when you worry is when you've halfway studied. You've halfway paid attention and you halfway studied. Because I've gone into a lot of tests like that and you're worried because if the teacher just rolls the dice out perfectly, you can pass and do okay. But when you're doing everything you can, you can trust it to God. So do, do your very best about your situations. I mentioned this last week, exercise, eating right, sleeping, those are very important things for anxiety and depression. I mentioned technology use. Listen, study after study after study says this, social media 
And technology use ramp up your anxiety. They absolutely do. One reason, remember, on, on, on social media, everybody's perfect. Everybody's family is happy. You ever notice that? You look on social media, everybody's family's smiling and they're happy and they're always together and they're dressed good. And then you look around the room at your family, you're going, oh my gosh, what's wrong? You know, you saw them two days ago and they've lost 20 pounds in two days. It's fake book. <laughs> it's, it's fake. It's fake. A lot of it's fake. And, and that doesn't mean we have to get off social media or get off technology. It just means you ought to monitor that. Mom and dad, don't, don't let them be on it for 14 hours a day. I'm not meaning to kick y'all. Mom and dad don't need to be on it 14 hours a day. Do the things that you can do to help yourself. And then let's go to this. Jesus Christ, he's the main key. Now, everything I just told you is from God. Going to the doctor, getting medicine, using the things God's given you, do your best. But to deal with your anxiety, and listen, anxiety can come out of nowhere. Again, you may say this morning, man, I'm doing great. I don't struggle with this. This is for somebody else. And six months from now, you may be in my office chewing your fingernails off with anxiety. But you know somebody who's struggling with it. And one of the reasons I'm telling you Jesus is the main key is because I think Satan attacks us with depression and anxiety. And so this is a foundation for everything else. Let me, let me tell you a couple of things. Number one, give yourself completely to him. Give yourself completely to Jesus. I'm going to jump down to the end of this passage, and we'll go back up in a moment. In verse 31, instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Now, if you, if you were to look when you get home, Matthew 6, there's almost an identical passage like this. But they are different. They're different sermons, and some words are changed. Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. That means seek God first and his righteousness, and then everything else will fall in place. God's saying, look, put me first. If you're not a Christian, give me your life. If you are a Christian, daily live for me. Put me first. And when you put God first... God says, then everything else will fall together. What, what many of us are anxious and worried about is things aren't falling together. And the problem is we're trying to stack everything in there and then eventually fit God. That's not how it works. God first. Put him first. Secondly, as a part of this, man, do life his way. Many of us are Christians in our words and in our head, but we're not with our hands and our feet. Verse 33 and 34, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that don't grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, Jesus is not telling you to, to sell everything. That's not the context of his overall teaching. He's saying, man, prioritize. Put me first. Live for me. If you're taking notes, write, write this down. Sin is an anxiety incubator, especially for the Christian. Sin, and I'm, I'm preaching to you this morning, not just from the Bible and, and not from understanding counseling, but I'm preaching to you from personal experience. If you are a Christian, you really are, and you get away from God, you are asking for anxiety and depression to pile on you. Read Psalms 32. And Psalms 51, when you get home, they're short. Psalms 32 and Psalms 51. They're companions 
to 2 Samuel 11. 2 Samuel 11, listen to what happened in 2 Samuel 11. King David, who is a godly man, it's not where he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be at war. He's supposed to be leading his troops. He stays home. And one night he goes out on the balcony, prowling around, creeping around, and he sees a woman bathing. And the weirdest thing, her name is Bathsheba. Why did it, should it have just been Mary? Bathsheba. He sees her bathing. And instead of turning away, he gets the, the, the figurative binoculars out. And then he has her brought to him. This is one of his good friend's wives. They have sex. She gets pregnant. He tries to cover it up. It doesn't work. He has his close friend murdered. Then he marries her. This goes on about a year until finally God jumps in the middle of it and all Hades breaks loose. Psalms 32 and Psalms 51 are David's misery in his sin. Anxiety, I'm telling you, when you do life God's way will absolutely help you with your anxiety. I mentioned last week, one of the keys, one of the things our, our world today, really, that we're hurting ourselves is a lack of rest. And I don't even mean necessarily getting your exercise and your sleep. You need those things. But taking that day off. God, listen, God didn't make you, create you to work seven days a week. No matter what you think, how macho you are, or how much you feel like you're needed. I've been down that road. And God can break you of that. You were made to work six days and to take a day off. A Sabbath day. To worship God. To overeat. To sleep. To have fun. To rest. To get away from it all. One of the best books I've ever read to help with anxiety is a book entitled Adrenaline and Stress. Adrenaline and Stress. You can get it on Amazon today for $7. Written by a guy named Archibald Hart. Archibald Hart is a devout Christian who's a psychologist who went through a terrible time of burnout, depression, and anxiety. And here's what he said about the American people. We get up on Monday morning... And we start going at 7 o'clock till 7 o'clock Monday night. We do that five days a week. And then on Saturdays, we get up and we blow and go all day Saturday. We blow and go all day Sunday. And then we start it over on Monday. We're never resting. We're not honoring God in that way. And we are frying our systems. One of the best things you can do for yourself and your anxiety is to do life God's way. Do everything you need to do work-wise in six days and take one day off. That is an absolute key. God's way is the best way. And here's the next part of this. That's this. Trust Jesus. Just trust him. Boy, it sounds so, sounds so simple and it is so hard. Hard to do. Anxiety comes from worry. It comes from fear. It comes from uncertainty. Irrational thinking, negative thinking, overthinking, ruminating, laying in bed over and over, thinking about this, 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 this. And if there's a magic pill for anxiety, Xanax may help, but trusting God is it. It really is. Look in verse 22. And Jesus said to his disciples, his men, these strong, devout believers, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious because they were anxious. Don't be, don't be anxious about your life, what you shall eat, nor about your body, what you shall put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. It is so easy to miss what he just said. 
Now, I know in Ruston this can be true. I know in America it can be true. I know it's certainly true in parts of the world. But I don't know if any of us woke up this morning saying, where in the world am I going to get something to eat today? He's going to mention drink in a moment. Where in the world am I going to get something to drink today? These were desperately poor people. I went, how does that up your game? My family will argue 20 minutes after church on where we're going to eat, not if we're going to get to eat. You go, I'm worried about what to eat. Am I going to stop at McDonald's or Whataburger in the morning for breakfast? That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, the most basic thing in your life is your food and, and something to drink and getting food and drink for your water. These people woke up every day and the main thing they're worried about is not do I get Wi-Fi, not if my team's going to win today. Man, where am I going to get something to eat? Most of them had one to two sets of clothes. Check your closet out when you get home there. One to two sets of clothes. They didn't have Sunday best. You get a rip or something on your clothes, that's a big deal. And he said, I don't want you to worry and be anxious and overthink and roll it around in your head all the time. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? I love you. I care for you. And I can provide for you. And if God is saying don't worry about the most fundamental things. Don't you think he can take care of everything else? Simple. But I'm telling you this is the magic pill. He says trust me. Verse 23. Excuse me. 24. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They Neither have a storehouse or a barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than the birds. I want you to see a picture of a raven. It's not a particularly pretty bird like a, a robin or a, a blue jay. Jewish people who Jesus is talking to, the raven was unclean. They couldn't eat it, weren't even supposed to touch it or mess with it. It was kind of a nasty bird. They even considered it kind of a dumb bird. And God says to them, hey, you, you kind of look down on the raven. I created it. I loved it. It doesn't work for a living. It doesn't even have a barn or a storehouse. And I take care of it. How much more valuable are the people right in this room today, the people listening and watching online, to God than these birds? You can trust me. I'll take care of you. Verse 25 and 26. And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? That scripture saying one or two things or both things. Worrying, you, you can't worry yourself to be one inch taller. If you could, I'd be seven foot nine. You can worry yourself to have a bigger belly, but not to be taller. He's saying all your worry, all your anxiety is not going to help you live a day longer. In fact, it's going to shorten your lifespan. Don't do it. It's sin. I'm telling you not to, he's saying. But you don't have to. It's not going to help you. You're not going to be an inch taller. L listen to this. Statistics have shown 90% of what we worry about never happens. You know, it really might be worth keeping a worry journal on this. What are you worrying about today? And just to see... If it ever even comes to pass, 90% of what we worry about never happens. That's incredible. 
incredibly wonderful. Verse 27 and 28. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? I want you to see some beautiful flowers from Israel. Israel's a desert. It's arid. They don't have a lot of beautiful flowers like that, except when they get an occasional rain. They get a good rain, those flowers will blossom up and they're beautiful. But then it gets dry and then within a few weeks they're dead. And they would, in Jesus' day, they would gather those flowers and they would use them in their clay ovens. Basically like we do kindling to start a fire. And Solomon's the most famous, besides David, the most famous Jewish king. He's the wealthiest, the, 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 the guy who had the most of anybody. King Solomon's Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk on steroids. That's the money he had, the power he had. And God says, Solomon and all his wealth and all of his power, he can't make those flowers. He can't clothe himself like that. And I can. And if I, if I make those beautiful flowers and I provide the sunshine and the soil and the water for them, and, and they're just so temporary and you're eternal, don't you think I want to and that I can take care of you? Trust me. He says, verse 29 through 30, do not seek what, what you are to eat and what you are to drink. Goes back to that. Don't be worried or anxious for all the nations. People who don't know God seek after these things and your father knows you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Man, don't worry. Don't overthink. Don't be anxious. Don't let yourself become consumed with and obsessing on things. Even things like eating and drinking, when that's the most fundamental things in life, trust me. In verse 32, listen to what he says. Fear not. Anxiety and fear absolutely go together. Little flock, small group of believers. For it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to take care of you don't be afraid I'm going to tell you one more surgery story and then that's it for at least two two sermons Bill Davis who is our our security chief here at the church also the assistant police chief at Louisiana Tech Uh, Bill's a, a really good friend of mine a great guy Bill had rotator cuff surgery several years ago good surgery and then it got infected you know, as a pastor, we go see everybody in the hospital, so you see the good things and the bad things. So I see Bill in the hospital with the infection. Bill has to have a second surgery to clean out the infection. Then Bill has to have a third surgery to fix the rotator cuff, which was fixed with the first surgery, but messed up because of the infection. And so... After my surgery, one of the things I was praying about and concerned about was what? An infection. Day four or five, I look and my incision's kind of red. Cindy takes a picture of it. We send it to the doctor. He gets me on antibiotics. And I start thinking, this is it. And I, listen, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I take, like, I take all the medicines within two hours. You know, it's for, it's for a week, and I'm pouring it down. I pour, like, 
by the hour a bottle of peroxide on it. I think, I'm gonna, what, what if I die? Cindy's seeing dollar bill signs in her eyes and I'm thinking, what if I die? And Philippians 1.21 came to my mind. Philippians 1.21 says, for me to live is to Christ and die is to Listen, I don't want to die tomorrow, but for the Christian, death is not the worst thing that can happen. It's a promotion. It's not good for those who are left behind who love us. But if I'm going to die from the infection that I don't have, that I'm worried and anxious about, I'm okay. I'm going to heaven, right? Then I start thinking, what if I live? What if I'm in the hospital for, for four months and it's super painful and I'm miserable and the church is going to want to fire me? And Joshua 1, 9 came to mind. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You're going back to surgery. God's going with you. You're in the ICU unit. God's with you. You're on that second, third, or fifth surgery. God's with you. Wow. Then I started thinking, what if they have to cut my arm off? They do with infections. Romans 8, 28 says this, for all things work together for the good of the Lord, good to those who love the Lord. That doesn't say everything's good. It says, but if you love God, you belong to God. Even if you created the mess, if you will get back under God, God will stick his hand in your mess and make a masterpiece. And here's what I thought, I'll get a hook. <laughs> I've always kind of, I like my arm, but I've always kind of wanted a hook. The fun I could have, I mean, I'd point at you with that hook. Repent! That would get your, he's pointing his hook at me. People would say, what happened? I'd say, shark. <laughs> Alligator. Wife bit me. <laughs> he said, okay, you know, whatever happens, God's going to work it out for the best and my best. And, and you know, the, the granddaddy, the kind of the cradle verse of them all is Proverbs 3, 5. For you who are anxious, trust in the Lord with with all your heart and lean not on your own overthinking, apprehensions, your fears, your worries, your anxieties, but trust God. This morning, if you're not a Christian, give your life to Jesus today. If you're watching online or you're in this room you stay with us in a moment I want to lead you in a prayer to invite you to give your life to Christ do that this morning you can come when we stand in a moment and we'll help you come to Christ we'll talk to you after church that's your foundation for your anxiety is Jesus maybe you'd like to join our church we would love for you to and and you, you could come right now when we stand and you could join you could join after church you're online, you can join online. You need a church family and we need and want you if God's leading you here. Come and join us today. You're a Christian. Maybe you want to come to the altar and pray or let a minister pray over you. We would love for you to. Maybe where you're standing or and kneeling at home, you need to get things right with God so you can get that anxiety, at least that sin anxiety, solved in your heart. Let's stand. As God leads you, you come. We'll be waiting on you.
Jesus, I surrender all to Him. I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. His presence daily. Christian, just make sure you stay under the lordship of Jesus in your life. And I challenge you to make a commitment to be as anxiety and worry-free as you can be, which means a whole lot more than most of us are. Trust God. Do it His way. you're not a Christian or you're unsure if you are but you're ready today you're ready today to give your life to Jesus and you're sincere pray with me pray with me and just say Jesus I'm a sinner and I want to repent of my sins and Jesus I believe you're God's son and that you died and arose for me Come into my heart this morning. And I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I surrender to you. Sweet, sweet. 